There are so many reasons not to skip breakfast. So many savory, mouth-watering, tasty, delicious beyond all belief reasons. Actually, that last one was pretty convincing. Stop by for a McDonald's breakfast. Mix and match a sausage biscuit, sausage McMuffin, sausage burrito, or hash browns. Any two for just two bucks. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with combo meal. At First Commonwealth Bank, we know better banking begins with better ways to do the things you need to do. That's why we've made it easy to open a new First Commonwealth checking account with our simple-to-use mobile account opening. Now, the same device you use to talk, text, snap, share, schedule, email, navigate, and watch can help you open a great checking account too. Visit fcbanking.com from any device and upgrade your digital banking to better with mobile account opening. First Commonwealth Bank, member FDIC. Remember when we played? Oh my god. <gasps> Holy shit. Welcome back to our two-part special, Unmasking the Golden State Killer. This is Jen for the Talk Murder to Me crew. Also here with me is Nicole and John. Wow, that was a very formal introduction, Jen. Thank oh, you. You're welcome. Wow. Um, we've got a couple of things before we get started with tonight that we want to uh, discuss with you guys. Oh, yes. Um, so I woke up this morning, and the first thing I did was, since we released part one of our Golden State Killer episode, just took a little look and saw, um, you know, if we got any good response, good feedback. And lo and behold, as soon as I wake up, I see that we had an email um well, I got an email notification that we got a Facebook recommendation mm-hmm. from our Patreon uh, supporter and one of our number one fans, Jasmine, over yes. in Australia. Yes. Thank you, Jasmine, for the recommendation on Facebook. And also, thank you for your email. I got our second fan email. Uh, Yay! I know! Where's the tambourine? That was worthy of a tambourine shake. It was. Yay! Um, so, Jasmine, I, I will read her recommendation on Facebook since, hey, if you guys leave us a recommendation on Facebook or iTunes, we will gladly shout you out, too, and read oh, what yes. you wrote about us. Because, let's face it, we need a little um, a little love, and it makes us feel good. We get by with a little help from our friends. Yeah. Like, truly, the the feedback that you guys give us and, the, the you know, all the five-star ratings truly just blow my mind. Um, it makes us feel like just they're ever the slightest of superstars in your worlds. And it's kind of amazing that we know that just somebody is listening to us and likes what we're doing. So really, it means a lot. Yeah. Like when I was in New York over the break, I was I was like, how many people could have listened to our podcast? I could be standing next to them and I would never know. Yeah, you it's know? crazy. That's crazy. Um, so Jasmine, recommends... you could also be standing next to a serial killer. That's, That's also true. true. So Jasmine writes. Best podcast ever. John, Jen, and Nicole are so funny and bounce off each other so well. Talk Murder to Me is literally the only podcast I listen to and enjoy the great content they put out. Thank you to John, Nicole, and Jen for the great shows and hope you guys keep going. Thank you, Jasmine. And we will. Um, Another cool thing. um, So we did an episode just for Jasmine. If you guys haven't listened to it, it's the, the Dingo Ate My Baby. Um, and so Jasmine actually gave us some interesting facts in your email, Jen, Mm -hmm. about, um, the story, giving us some really good insight. 
And um, Jasmine is also pro dingo like you, John. Huh. She had a half yeah. dingo, half Rhodesian Ridgeback yep. as a pet. And it was an amazing dog growing up for her. So it was really interesting to hear Jasmine's insights about exactly how um, this woman was perceived in Australia and the, kind of the backlash from her against the media. Um, so really interesting to hear that perspective. Yeah, for sure. Thank Some, you. Something that we wouldn't... Uh, get over here in the states. Yeah, and uh, and Jasmine also gave John a, a a story, another story that she'd like him to do. So that's on the docket next. Uh, maybe not the next episode, but it's on the docket for a future episode. Thanks, Jasmine. Yeah, thanks, Jasmine. Who also likes to be known as Jazz. Jazz. Love Jazz. That. Yeah. That's cool. I wish I had a nickname that was that cool. Yeah. Me too. I mean, I I could use Nikki, but I don't. Very few people call me. Yeah, but you got to have Nikki. a name that's also a boy's name. You know, that's what's cool about it. Jazz? I mean... Jazz is not really a boy's name. Well, you like mean Jazzy like Samantha Jeff. to Sam or something like that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like that's cool. Yeah, that's cool. That's the cool thing. I mean, some. I mean, my mom calls me Nick every now and then, but it's it's weird if someone other than like my mom, my sister, or very select family members call me that. Mm. Yeah, like, my. I mean, most people call me Jen. Um, my good friends call me Jen Collins because that's my name. A lot of people call me Jen Collins. It's like one of those. I have like one of those names. It's like first, first name, last, last name. name. Yeah. Um, it flows. It does. It does. Like in college, everyone called me Jen Collins. But um, my parents, my sister call me Jenny. Oh. Mm-hmm. Do you like it when they call you? Yeah, Jenny? I don't mind it. But, but is it weird if somebody else calls you Jenny? I mean, yes and no. I, I kind of like Jenny, but I never I never went by that as a kid. <laughs> everyone in the army called me Johnny. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I, that's so weird to me. I could never call. I feel like I like Jess still call. calls me Johnny. Really? Yeah, you never heard her say that, Johnny boy. That's but what everyone in the army calls for, me. It's also weird if I were to call you Jonathan. That's what my business associates call me. Okay. Oh. <laughs> Are we not your business associates? <laughs> Apparently not for this small <laughs> podcast. <laughs> so. so it was kind of a so the day started out really great. Um, seeing that that. Yeah post um and share from jasmine and uh it was just kind of like wow. jazz jazz so cool you can call me anything you want except late for dinner <laughs> <laughs> wow jen that was special <laughs> hey guys if you listen to the first part one the golden state killer episode which i hope you have because if you listen to this it's not really gonna make much sense to you mm. You know, yeah. So if you listen to the first one, you may have noticed I was a little drunk at the end. Oh, My wow. words got a little slow, and I tried to speed them up in the post editing, but it didn't work. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> "They're gonna know I'm fucking drunk." <laughs> like, I mean, not that I care or that it offends you guys because you probably like it, but you probably can't tell I was pretty drunk. Yeah, you know, it's because you were mixing those shots. Okay, you only had to have one. You had three. I had three. Yes. Oh. All right. Moving on. Surprise shots. Surprise shots. We don't know what they are because they're a surprise. Cheers, everyone. Oh, shit. Where's mine? I don't have one. Right in front of you. Oh. Hypnotic. Ding, ding. That's very good. It's a good shot. Yeah, it is. So I'm going to start clearing out what the liquor bottle, like what's... What we have a little bit left of. 
Just mix them all together like Jen does. Just take the well, take all the, the bottles, bottles and just <laughs> mix all the bottles together, and it, it would literally be a surprise every time. <laughs> it'll be like it'll be like the cup we've at got, the end of flip cup. We've or got like cup. a little bit yeah. of like the pink lemonade. We've got like a little bit of a couple other things. So I pulled them to the front so we can hopefully. Or like you know how the the bartender does the mat shot or whatever. Like at the end of the night, he like tips the mat. Ew! Open oh my and... god, that's fucking disgusting. Ugh. Yeah, I wouldn't drink that. No. Twice. <laughs> I I salute you for that. Yeah. Did you do that once? Mm. Twice, you just said. Once. I said I wouldn't do it twice. Oh. Yeah. Tell us more. So let's get to know you, John. Getting, getting to know you, getting to know all about you. Oh my God, that was great. That wasn't part of the story, so that was Spice World, isn't it? Nope. No. No. Oh, I thought it was. Guys, listen. If you listen to part one, which I hope you have, because that wouldn't make sense. You listen to part two right now. I got a little drunk, and that was thanks to Jen's mixing of shots. No, no, that was all thanks to you and insisting you take. Um, an additional two more shots See, and another it was drink. three. That's right. As I said. He no, had it, way more to drink than we did. Yes, he did. You had seven drinks, at least. Mm-hmm. I, I, I counted seven, including your shots. Well, I also had the Grinch pancakes from IHOP, and they were delicious. It was you like, know, I, Jen and I, since it was, it took us a long time to was, get that episode out. It was midnight. And you What do you like, mean it took a long time to get that episode out? I got it out the next day. No, 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 I mean record. We were, we were oh. sitting down to record for a long time. Um, and we were both really tired and ready to go to bed. And I had a long day of traveling and everything. And I was dedicated to the cause. And John was like, no, you promised me I have. First it was. I want I have. First it was, do you guys still want to go? And, you- and then Nicole and I were like, mm, no, I'm kind of tired. And you're like, okay. And then you started to pout. And then you're like, you promised that we would go to IHOP. Okay. Um, and I can release the raw file, which says the original recording, you guys suggested IHOP. And then I was all excited and you guys were excited. Okay. Yeah, so here's the deal. Midnight. I'm not going to suggest we get But if you food. suggest IHOP at any point, then that's set in stone, especially when there's Grinch pancakes on the line. I'm saying... And how were your Grinch pancakes? They were great. It was like eating an ice cream bowl. It was nothing but sugar. And how did you feel the next day? I don't feel good. I still don't feel good. (laughs) All right. What are we doing? Where are we going? Who are we killing? We're killing 12 people in California. Oh, that's a great guess, Jen. What's your guess, Nicole? And you can't say the same thing as her. Go ahead. (laughs) (laughs) Someone (laughs) rapes 50 people in Fresno. No, not just Fresno. Remember, he was... All right. Is that close enough? (laughs) Uh, Anyway. So, we are talking about the Golden State Killer. We're going to be reading again from Michelle McNamara's book, I'll be gone in the dark. Um, also, I um, I'm subscribed to this thing called Scribed. It's like it's like an Amazon Kindle, but they also do audiobooks. Oh, cool! Yeah, so I got the audiobook of that, and it's read by uh, oh, what's her name? She she does Gone Girl, Jillian something. Oh, Gillian Flynn. Gillian Flynn. Yeah, it's read by her. Hmm. It's really good. Like the way she reads it, it's maybe fucking I'll, phenomenal. Maybe I'll look into that. A lot of our fans probably have already read it. 
you know, but you've got to read this book, man. It's freaking amazing because it's not just all about the killer. It talks about her life in Hollywood and stuff, you know, because her husband's a comedian. Mm-hmm. All right. What did I talk about last time? You guys catch me up. You talked about the uh, Vis- Visalia Ransacker and you also talked about the East Area Rapist. And he was a cat burglar. What is a cat burglar? Someone that goes up to the second floor. Yeah. Last time we talked about the Visalia Ransacker and how he transformed into the ear mm-hmm. and also the original Night Stalker. Mm-hmm. All right. So tonight we're going to talk a little bit about the murders. I'm not going to go into the gruesomeness of it, but I do want to point out that this is a very, very evil dude. Clearly, and, from our last episode, mm-hmm. yeah. evil dude with a small penis. Mm. Yeah. And, um, I'm also going to talk about that. And I had the crime scene photos. I'm just going to let the crime scene photos do a lot of the talking. So make sure you go to talkmurder.com. If you guys want to get in the discussion with us, go to patreon.com. P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com. Slash talkmurder. We're going to have a full discussion on this case. Because I don't think this is just going to, oh, he's going to jail. and Oh, he's going to be put to death. Oh, he's going to get a life sentence. I don't think it's going to end there. Well, we haven't heard enough yet. Yeah. I think it's going to be bigger than what it is right now. Hmm. How so? so? Well, I'll get into that. Now, April 6, 2001 is where we're starting tonight. Okay. And we were in the 70s before, right? Yeah. So, basically, the detectives and the police in California have spent 40 years trying to catch this guy. 40 years. Hmm. And he didn't actually start getting really active until his 30s. So he's 72 years old right now. Or with rapes or murders? With with the murders. Okay. Yeah. So he burglarized in his early 20s. 20s, yeah. And then... Late 20s rapist. Actually, pretty shortly after. Yeah, and then murder. And then murder shortly after. Yeah. Okay. Now, he's 72 years old. Have you seen him in the uh, photos... He's actually like when he's in like courtroom. Well, he's, he is an old man. He's seventy-two. When he's I in the seventy-two. When he's in, he da- your dad does not look like this man. I know he's looks young for his age, which thank God because hopefully I'll have the same young genes. Yeah. When he's in the courtroom talking to the judge, they actually have him in a metal cage. Now I do want to point out his attorneys want to make it damn clear to the public that he is innocent until proven guilty. And I agree with that, too, because and I'm going to talk about the privacy issues, too. We have the number one thing we have to protect the the legal system, the trust in the legal system. And we're going to talk about that tonight, too, Mm. of how they gain the evidence, because that is huge. Mm. And you guys can tell me what you think about that. But tonight, April 6, 2001, I'm not drunk yet. So this is probably going to go pretty smooth compared to last time slurring it and shit. You guys got any questions? Nope. No banging on the table this time. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I was banging on the table. <laughs> okay, so the ear, the East Area Rapist, and the original Night Stalker, they weren't actually linked together until April 4th, 2001. Oh, whoa. Now, keep in mind. I just assumed that they knew right away. Well, they, were, they suspected it. But DNA has gotten so advanced lately, and the ear, the Vicelli Ransacker, the Golden State Killer, all the same guy, he didn't even try 
to clean up his DNA. His DNA is all over the fucking place. They so, got samples for fucking days so of this guy. So up until 2001, people, or the California police people, whatever, thought that the Visalia ransacker, the East Area Rapist, and the Golden State Killer were three different individuals. Yeah, and a lot of that hmm. is in the the fact that, you know, and it's true, you see it in the... You see in the movies where it's like, this is a, this is FBI jurisdiction. This is so-and-so jurisdiction. I mean, there, he's committing crimes in different counties and different police forces. They bump heads and they don't share information. Like that is a thing that happens, not just in the movie. They don't share information with each other. And that is one of the reasons why he didn't get linked to 2001. Now, a lot of people can talk bad about the detectives. Oh, it took them 40 years and they wouldn't even caught him. One for DNA, which is true. Well, uh, you, you, know, could, say, but you hindsight. could say that for yeah. any case nowadays. Well, yeah, I was watching the Zodiac movie recently. I know I talked about this during the last episode, but like that you saw that movie too, mm-hmm. right? Like the they were like trying to bargain with each other to try to get evidence on this guy. Mm-hmm. Like they don't want to cooperate because yeah. the one wants to catch him. You know, they, want their, they want the credit for it. Yeah. Yeah, and that's how it is. In fact, there was only there's only one police force that agreed to let the detectives have the DNA sample. The other one said, "No, you're not going to have it." I mean, that's a real thing. This bureaucracy and not sharing information that's real, and it's very it, it doesn't make any damn sense. Right, but on the same on the same on this, the other hand, not on the same hand. <laughs> like when you have information, is it important? Like. You have to think about what's more important, like catching the guy or, you know, protecting the information. Because if someone like what if it's someone else posing as someone else? Like what happens if if something happens to that evidence when it's out of your possession? You know what I mean? Uh, What do you mean? Making it public? No. Like if if something were to happen, like if you have possession of of the evidence, right? Say it's a for example, I don't know, a shell casing or something. What happens if that shell casing goes missing if you give it away to someone else or something else happens like that? But when you have it in your possession, you know exactly where it's going to be. It's going to be in the evidence file. And I don't know about the inner workings of the police departments. I'm just saying, like, you have to be protective of, like, you know exactly where it is. That doesn't make but any I feel sense. like most don't, actually, because evidence goes missing a lot. Yeah. Like, it goes in a... F- storage room basically yeah so once it's there it's like okay there you go yeah no i see what you're saying though but i mean for a guy that's been killing so many people it's i'm not saying it's right or wrong i'm just saying maybe that's the the thought process behind it personally i think that they should share the information in the safest way possible and the most careful way possible when i was watching all the interviews of the detectives that caught him i i get the sense that this guy that they're actually putting him on a pedestal it's all and needed them for so long well yeah so and here's and i was reading i was reading michelle's book and she actually had a line in there that made so much i was like wow this doesn't make sense so she says the feeling was surreal as if a larger than life movie character someone you've been watching on television emerged from behind the drapes and begin talking to you mm. i feel like that's how they mm. they made the golden state killer 
out to be. And I don't know if that helped the investigation or hindered it because it's like, oh, this guy is a ghost. You know, he must be so intelligent. You know, not discrediting the, the detectives, but he was in the pol- He was a police officer. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Fuck, man. And hindsight's 2020, obviously, but he was using police officer tactics too. like shit, man. You know, mm. I don't know. No, I'm not trying to say they didn't do their job, but. Well, it certainly because he was a police officer made it harder for them. But now it's or... like 40 years later and they're all like, yeah, like celebrating. It's like they didn't really 40 do years later and like 50 rapes and 12 murders. You know, it's like they're lucky fuck, man. he got caught because how he got caught was total chance. Yeah. Well, it wasn't chance, but it was, you know, we'll talk about that. Anyway. All right. April 4th, 2001 is when they link the ear to the original Night Stalker. April 6th, 2001, two days later, Thornwood Drive in Sacramento. This is 2001. Mm-hmm. The phone rings. There's a woman in her late 60s. Answering the phone, I was going to do like the old voice, like "hello," but that's why, like, uh, like "hello." She said "hello," picking up the phone. All she heard on the other line it was silence. But then this low, raspy voice from forty years of time passing that has changed the voice and everything else. But as soon as she heard it, even though it was different 40 years ago, she knew exactly who it was. She knew the voice, even though it was different. (gasps) Now, she had lived in this new house ever since the incident, ever since she became a victim of the East Area Rapist. She's lived in this new house for 30 years. She's changed her name. Okay. Oh. The raspy voice... You know, does the breathing. Remember when we played? Oh, my God. (gasps) Click. And then he hangs the phone up. Yeah. Holy shit. Now, here's a question I got. Holy shit. She thought she was safe. Oh, man. Yeah. I cannot imagine. That was 2001. That wasn't very long ago. I mean, in retrospect, I guess. If you're talking about millions of years of the light of the world. Well, I remember 2001. I mean, I big, mean we were alive in 2001. Yeah. Big Willie style. Will Smith's new album dropped. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Here's my question. She thought she was safe for 30 years. She's changed her name. She lives in a different house. He my really question is, is my question is not how did he find her? My question is, how long did he know she was there? And did he keep tabs on all of his victims? That's like that? the yeah he did. That's Whoa. scary. That's a lot of people to keep track. That of. That is absolutely terrifying. That's like a full time job. It is a full time job, and he's that's pretty much if you're a victim of the Golden State Killer, you're getting the phone calls. In fact, the reason, and I'm going to talk about this guy Paul Holes. He's kind of like the detective that mm. called him. He's kind of like a celebrity now um, with the case anyway. He says most of the detectives thought this guy was dead. Hmm. And the only reason they ruled out him being dead are not even dead, but in prison. A lot of them thought he was in prison. Oh, yeah. This guy got caught. He got caught for something else and he's serving time. 
Because he was in, like, there were no actions. Yeah, it's like, all right, this guy isn't, we haven't heard from this guy in, like, ten years. He's either dead or in prison. Okay? Until one of the victims reports she's at her workplace. She's working at a local Denny's. She gets a phone call at her workplace. Is this also in 2001? And guess what? That phone call didn't come from the, the Department of Corrections. Because it would show up. He wasn't in prison and he wasn't dead. He was very much alive and he's still tormenting the victims. Was that one also in in like 2001, that time frame? Uh, Around that time. I mean, he's been doing this forever. So there was a gap, but for like 20 years where nobody. Yeah. So that victim, he attacked her in 1977. All right. Remember. It's interesting, though, that it did stop. Like, he stopped his actions. Well, it could have been a stressor in life. Did it, Was he getting divorced? He wasn't getting divorced, but... Did someone tell him he had a small penis? He's got three daughters. Oh, no. And when one of the daughters is born, you know, the killing stops. I mean, the harassment stops. Hmm. So he's, he's got three daughters and a wife. Well, ex-wife. Um, we were looking for somebody whose home base was in Sacramento... During the 1976 and 1979 time frame, this guy was up in Auburn. Nobody was expecting that. So I believe that if we had not employed this genetic genealogy tool, um, it's entirely possible this case would have gone unsolved. Because you don't even know he was dead or alive, right? No, we had no idea. Now, I... I believe he was alive. I've always said, I think this guy's alive. I think he's living a normal life, and he's up in Sacramento. That was my position. Many other investigators were saying they thought he was dead. Why would he be quiet for so long? Um, Turns out, I was right. He was alive, but he wasn't in Sacramento. Well, he kind of was. He was in Citrus Citrus Heights. Heights. I mean, he was in North Citrus Heights. But... The, the whole thing that really bugged me, it even bugged me about D'Angelo as a suspect, was Auburn. He's in Auburn for all these attacks that are occurring in Sacramento, Stockton, Modesto, Davis, Concord, Walnut Creek, San Ramon, Danville, Fremont, San Jose. How is he a full-time law enforcement officer in Auburn and then committing all these attacks in all those jurisdictions? That's something I, uh, that's a question that I have that I would love to have answered. So that's Paul Holes. That's the detective that he's been on this case for over 10 years. In fact, when the Golden State Killer was finally caught, that guy on the screen, the one that Jen thinks is cute, Paul Holes, retired three days before. Like his mission was to catch this guy and he just retired. And then, well, this guy is actually the one that caught him, but he did go into retirement right before that mm. so he's anyway is he mad that he went into retirement no he's fucking making a lot of money doing consulting for it right now how is all right, this guy was a cop the golden state killer is a cop like how is he committing all these fucking crimes unless he was doing it on the clock was he a was he on the clock and killing people <laughs> i mean it sounds like you would have to be i mean well i guess it depends he was doing rapes at 6 a.m. Yeah. and so i guess it's definitely possible yeah it's, it's crazy i mean this guy i mean how 
I mean, he was doing the ransackings when he was a cop. Like, how does he have time? Obviously, he doesn't have any friends. He, well, he did it on the job. And he didn't have a... He yeah, but he's not time. always on the job. Like, at night. I mean, gets off. I mean, he's... Wasn't his wife worried about him? I guess she didn't know. She didn't know. Maybe he's like, I'm going to go take a ride. Yeah, that's reasonable. You know, ride out, listen to Ludacris on the stereo. Roll out. out. Roll out. Roll out. You know, he's from Atlanta. Luda. Oh my gosh, remember when he had that huge fro? Yeah, this episode is brought to you by Ludacris. The new Ludacris album, this episode, go buy it. I don't know if he's got a new album. He probably doesn't. He's like acting now. Wait, no, he's always been acting. The Fast and the Furious and shit. Luda. So, guys, last episode was brought to you by the guy from Queen. Freddie Mercury. (laughs) This this episode is brought to you by Ludacris. (laughs) Thanks, guys, for sponsoring us. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And AKA not suing us. So anyway, so what the hell? Why is he a fucking cop and killing people and raping people? Because he's a douchebag. Because he has nothing better to do, which is really sad. You need to find some better coping mechanisms. He's also probably a sociopath. Do you remember? Um, do you remember when he was he shot uh, Detective McGowan? I was talking about that last. Right, and he and had the that high pitched voice and like yeah. Your high pitched voice. Oh my there god! Is I was the, so is drunk. The same <laughs> one that you're using for um. Candy in the Desperate Hack Type. Oh, my God. Really? <laughs> also, speaking of that one, can I read you something? Wait. Tissy texted me? Yeah, which one? What did I say in that episode that oh was high-pitched my... voice? You were you playing her, like, in her Oh, yeah. Remembering I was like, eh. Yeah, yeah I, well, I think I was drunk on that episode, too. Probably. So, so for that episode, um, I got a text from our former special guest, Tissy, uh, today, who said John's mimicking of babies crying is so funny and always so consistent. <laughs> and I responded, yes, he does some pretty good impressions. And she said that she was listening to the Desperate Hacked Wives episode. And that's what made her think of it. That's the greatest title ever. And that was thought about by me. Mm-hmm. I, I've got you to take even, credit. You did for not that. even solicit our feedback on nope. what that episode should have been called. What did you want it to be called? I mean, what is it better matter. than Desperate Hacked Wives? Didn't Come matter. on. That's fucking awesome. It was, it was good. <laughs> I think most of my titles have been good. Yeah. You know? mm-hmm. 1975 in December. And if you haven't listened to episode, if you haven't listened to part one where I drunkenly talk about shooting the flashlight bulb, because I listened to that today, I was like, God, I'm wasted. Yeah. So yeah, he, you are. He shoots Detective McGowan. Now, that guy is lucky because that flashlight blew up literally in his face. And I'll show you a picture of him. It's the flashlight to distract. The shooter, so that they like aim for the flashlight. No, I mean it was dark outside. Protection. No, it was literally dark outside. So I'm showing a bunch of pictures tonight. Go to talkmore.com. I'm going to put all the pictures on there that I can find. This is uh, Detective McGowan. Oh shit! Yeah, he got his flashlight blew up and it got him right in the eye. Arr. So yeah. <laughs> well, all right. When that happened, so that was December 1975. When that happened, that is when the Golden State Killer decides to move. Co- I mean, he worked extra hard to get promoted to Auburn. Mm-hmm. He moves out. You know why? Because he just got in an altercation with a freaking detective. Right. And if that, when you shoot at a detective, 
That he knew the heat was on. He had to get out of that county. That's probably why he left that police force and got into Auburn and then continued his crime spree in Auburn. Right. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. But also, didn't they find it suspicious that he was not there that long and then he was asking for a transfer already? That's the thing. I was kind of going like, did did they anyone expect at any point that he could have been a police officer? That is what profile. drives me crazy because if you look, I mean, even the the web sleuths didn't put it together, so I, I can't blame anyone. But shit, man, like you're using police tactics, and you're well, a lot of them were military yeah. guerrilla, like military tactics. Yeah. So I, I I can understand if maybe they didn't connect the dots on the cop thing but, but no, for if instance there's a profiler like i could see where they could have identified this right been a police but officer. for instance he would say stuff that would come out like freeze he would say that cops say that mm. you know what i'm saying mm. you know what i'm saying like there's there, there's so, there's some so there, subtle things plus he was built muscular he was physically fit i mean yeah a lot of people work out but i mean also cops are usually physically fit right you well, know he can scale a fence, jump a fence and stuff. Like, that's not necessarily he's a cop, but I feel like they didn't even go down that avenue. Yeah, it could. I, 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 I hear you. I think it could have been something that like a profiler could have put some things together and that could have been an option. Yeah. Now, of a profession. I will tell you. When he got fired from Exeter, remember, he stole the uh, a hammer and the dog. Oh, right. Yeah. So the chief fired him. Forgot about that. Mm. Now, Cash is king. You fire someone for stealing a hammer and dog repellent. Why the shit would you steal dog repellent? That could have should have been a con- question yeah. right there. Now, he threw a fit. Ooh, if I and were, it was heated. If I were a murderer, I probably would not ruffle those feathers. It was right. heated, and that night, after you know, eventually the chief was just like, "Just get the fuck out of here. You're fired. Go." Get the fuck out. That night he goes home, he eats dinner with his wife and kids. His wife and his daughter, they go to bed. And then his daughter is like, Daddy? Daddy? There's somebody outside. There's somebody outside. He was prowling outside the chief's house. What? That is that is the mindset I want you guys to understand. Like, this guy is an evil guy. No he that, was th- though, they should have fucking connected those yeah. Yes, that's what I'm saying. And I think it's... Because they don't communicate, mm-hmm. like what the there there was. I was reading in uh, Michelle's book. She talks about there was a lot of mistakes that were made by everyone. There was, for instance, since he attacked in the same communities over and over, someone found um, like a go bag, like a, a little book bag in the bushes of their house. Mm-hmm. And what was in the book bag? Well. Leather gloves, a flashlight, some what? Some ties, some shoestring ties, what? a freaking kill kit, almost like right. Mm-hmm. And the police told him, "Oh, just throw it away." They didn't throw even. Away? They didn't even put it with evidence. They didn't even connect those dots. Oh my god! It, that that's what I'm saying. This is a. Uh, 
And I hear the detectives talking. It's just like, they, I feel like... Or like, the police is very overwhelmed. Being, like, there's a lot of serial killers around this time. There, I mean, there's the vampire of Sacramento around this time. Well, it was with the 70s, man. You got some crazy-ass yeah. killers in the 70s. Holy Paul shit. Michael Kearney. Fucked. Yeah. The Manson Zodiac killer. killer. Zodiac. Yeah. Zodiac. And plus you got the, the Richard Ramirez and... There was like a that was like yeah, a haven uh, back then. Um, the other the hill, the hill, hillside strangler. Yeah, hillside. Yeah, they were in California. A uh, lot in California. Yeah. yeah, Canada, California. Maybe it's a CA thing. Hmm. Where else starts at CA? Carolina, Caribbean. <laughs> I will say one thing that I do think about whenever we use his actual name, D'Angelo, mm-hmm. is a nice D'Angelo sandwich. Yes, and you know, sadly, they it's a, what? a whole bunch of D'Angelo's oh. and Papaginos. <gasps> and sad. you know what? They closed all the people Papaginos in my area. That's Our neighborhood Papaginos is no gone. No, no gone. No oh, more. Very sad. Yeah, but our D'Angelo's is open. I loved D'Angelo's. is probably mm. the best subs. Number nine. Actually. Turkey club, add bacon. Mm. Oh. Thanksgiving sandwich. Mm-hmm. You know what's really cool? What? Is. What was that like? Uh, family Guy was like, oh, I love when they use the the movie. They say the name of the movie in the movie or whatever. Yes. Yes. So, like, I was reading the book and, like, they did that. And I was like, yes. You want to read actually, it? Oh, yeah. It's kind of a pet peeve of mine when. Really? I like yeah. that. I it kind of irks cool. me. It's like, oh, you're trying too hard. That's why I think movies that just don't need the explanation, even though they use it, like Secretariat, like they're not just like deliberately using the line Secretariat. It's just the freaking horse's name. Uh huh. Or the notebook. But they they never call out. They never say the word. Probably the notebook. No, they don't. No. They don't. So I'm glad that they never right. use the name. Right. But I'm trying to think of an example. Um. Okay. The Blind Side. They didn't necessarily need to use a line, the blind side, but I think in the they at one point Sandra Bullock says you got to protect your blind side. Well, and that's like, an actual uh, thing, though. Isn't it? Okay, I'm just sure that's the first thing that comes to my mind. I remember the Titans? They said it then too. I don't know. I don't remember. Okay, well that's maybe not the best <laughs> example then. Dan, are you already drunk? No. A little. Okay, like read like uh, this last one. Paragraph into the next page, because it says the title. I think that's the coolest thing. All right, so John is pro-blatantly saying the title in movies. And books. Maybe it was coincidence, but on the evening of November 10th, the same day as the B. Urana follow-up story, East Area Rapist, fear grips serene neighborhoods, a man in a leather hood entered the window of a house in Citrus Heights and sneaked up upon a 16-year-old girl watching television alone in the den. He pointed a knife at her and issued a chilling warning. Make one more move and you'll be silent forever and I'll be gone in the dark. Wow. Yeah, gone in the dark. Do you remember Claude Snelling? 16-year-old student of Claude Snelling, uh, September 11, 1975. She was at home. Her boyfriend just left. The window was open because the AC was broken. All of a sudden, she feels this immense pressure on her body. And it's him. It's the East Dairy Rapist on top of her with a knife. 
He says, if you fucking move, you know, I'll kill you and stuff like that. He was covering her mouth. He had so much pressure on her, like pushing down on her mouth that that bed actually broke. Wow. And like he grabbed her by the arm and tried to. Yeah. Now, her dad is I'm home, <laughs> right? Sleeping, watching TV and sleeping. <sighs> His dad, her, her dad is home. He pulls her out of bed and tries to, you know, push her through the door. And she's trying to resist. And then the dad wakes up. The journalism. He was a journalism oh, teacher. Right. Yeah, yeah, right, yeah. Right, right. And oh, then the yeah. confrontation. The confrontation ensues. He shoots him. The first victim. Yeah, and that was like the first victim that died. So that may have been his. That was the trigger for him to become a murderer. Yeah, maybe. And um, so you remember that guy? Mm-hmm. His first crime was in Sacramento County in 1976, and the last crime was in 1986. So between the Visalia Ransacker and the Golden State Killers. A 10-year streak there. Okay. So the last victim, which I'm going to talk about, Janelle Cruz, that was the last victim he killed. That we know about. Yeah, I mean, you know, that's a good point, because there may be others. But like I said, he hasn't said anything Mm. yet. That's good of him, I guess. What do you mean? I mean, like, it's smart for, on his behalf to oh, not yeah. say anything. Okay, so go to talkmire.com. I'm putting some not suitable for work pictures. We're looking at crime scene photos right now. I just want to show him how kind of brutal this guy was. I had to dig for these photos, so I mean, you could find them on the internet, or you can just go to the website, talkmire.com, to see them. So, oh. so this is the uh, bed... Of one of the victims. Now, he killed 12 people, maybe 13. They're thinking it may be 13, but a definite 12. So this is the crime scene of the home. See how he just leaves a destructive... Is that a piece of wood? Yeah, so he actually bludgeons someone to death with a piece of uh, wood. So he would find anything. One time, uh, it was a lamp. So you had mentioned earlier that his... When he graduated to murder, he raped and murdered. So were all of his victims female? What do you... Oh, was murder victims? Yeah. Yeah, they were female and male. So he would go into the home and rape and kill the female and also kill the male. Okay, so if a male happened to be present... Yeah, he would would prefer that, though. Like, he... At so first, could watch almost. No, at first it was like a dominant thing. At yeah. first, it was just females. He would just break into a single female house, you know, because it was easy for him. He could overpower them. But then he wanted to step his game up. He it was almost like an adrenaline rush. I want to see if I can do it. I want to see if I could do this with a male in the house. Um, this is one of the couples right here. Hmm. She was on, they're on their back. Yeah, they're, they're on their stomachs, so he would bludgeon them to death. Now, this was one of the first crime scenes. Eventually, he started putting the covers over the heads. I noticed that and, they were like lumpy yeah. heads. So he would put the covers over the heads and then bludgeon them to death for the mess reasons, you know. He didn't want to leave them out. So if he's killing cu- couples, I mean, he gets he could get to a number of 12 pretty quickly. His 12 murders. Yeah, exactly. This was a uh, a doctor he killed, him and his wife, yeah. 
It was really brutal. Like, I mean, he would just leave these houses. Um, some of the so this is the um, the ties he would use. Now he would go into a house with shoestrings that were already pre-cut and pre-tied. So basically, he'd have like a slip. He would take a shoestring and uh, have like a slip knot on it. So all he's got to do is put it around the wrist and pull it, and it would tighten automatically. He doesn't have to tie it. Does that make sense? Yeah. So he he ties that slip knot before he even gets to the house. That's how prepared he was. Hmm. And they, they found these bindings all over the place. I mean, left he left a trail. He would only attack in places where there was a a safe exit. So there a house would be backed up to a train track. Mm-hmm. A house would be backed up to a canal system. He used a lot of the canal systems to actually navigate through California and Sacramento. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Because, I mean, who's going to... He can just run in that little... The drainage ditch, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? Get right. away. Yeah. And that's what he did. He would always make sure he had one of those for traveling reasons. And they would find all these bindings everywhere. He would leave his shoe print. They got a shoe print. He was wearing a, a nine-size shoe, Adidas shoe. So he didn't try to Small. recover the evidence. I mean, they got plenty of DNA on this guy. He left it all over the house. Which, I'm sorry, but don't they have your DNA when you're a police officer? Um, well, yeah, now, thanks to the Golden State Killer, they do, because they passed Proposition 69, which was Proposition 69 means anytime someone gets arrested, they automatically have to give a DNA sample. Yeah. But now it's it's even like police, too. They have to give a DNA sample. Interesting. So he made the, he actually w- was the reason laws are formed, but- starting in California, that but that must have been just recently then, since he was only caught just yeah. recently and knew he was Oh, no, that was... I don't know when they passed Proposition 69, so... Can I ask another question about the book? So, she wrote this book, Michelle, but she had passed during her writing of it. Yeah, in 2016. So, someone else kind of co-wrote it with her. Yeah, her editor, and I think uh, even Jillian Flynn helped. But, so... Does the book get to who the actual killer no, is? No, she died not knowing the killer. So she just really is compiling all of this evidence yeah. together. And it was enough for the guy who we just saw, Holes, whatever, to understand who this killer could have been. Yeah. It was the DNA that caught him. That's a really good point. Michelle McNamara died April 21st, 2016. This guy wasn't caught till 2018. Okay, why would she write this book about this? So she was she became obsessed with this case, obsessed, and she joined all the uh, the web sleuths online that uses their laptops to catch the killers. You know, they she thought this one guy was a suspect because he was on his high school swimming team and he had big calves. And also the Golden State Killer had big calves. So she was like that deep into it. She was buying um, cufflinks and like crime scene photos from people on the Internet and doing like exchanges. I mean, she was she was trying to solve the case. But DNA was the thing that solved the case. What she did, which was very important and everyone recognizes it now, 
the reason you hear the Golden State Killer and the reason I think he is caught is because she brought the public eye back to this case. This, all right. Gotcha. If you if you want to find out if if you want to read a story on John Benet Ramsey, there are about twenty books available. If you want to read a story about a murderer that has terrorized California for 40 years and was still calling his rape victims, has burglarized 130 homes, has raped over 50 people. There wasn't even a book about that. No one knows about it. No one even knew about it. Interesting. But everyone knows about Jody Arias, right? Yeah. There's so there's a billion books on that, but there's nothing on this guy. So what she did was she brought the public interest back into this book and her book was such a huge success and she actually gave the moniker golden state killer she came up with that because it was eurons i mean the eurons like what the fuck is that yeah that's a dumb you know what i'm saying that doesn't that doesn't stand out in a newspaper headline no the golden state killer that's what she dubbed and her book brought all this public interest back on the case and it put pressure on the detectives. It put pressure on those police. Meyer brand snacks promise the great value you expect with a quality guarantee in every bite. And summertime snacking is our most favorite snacking season of all because Meyer brand makes it deliciously easy from new lemonade flavors to classic ingredients for backyard s'mores to creamy ice cream varieties like new limited edition purple cow by Meyer Very Berry Americana with ribbons of real strawberry and blueberry swirls waving in creamy vanilla ice cream. Stop into Meyer and discover big taste and bigger savings on Meyer brand summertime snacks. Better Banking is opening your new first Commonwealth Bank personal checking account with our online account recommendation tool and being entered to win wireless earbuds. First Commonwealth Bank. Member FDIC. Terms and conditions apply. Visit fcbanking.com for details. Because now everyone's like, wait, this guy hasn't been caught yet? What the hell? You know? He killed 12 people. And he's still terrorizing. That lady got a call at Denny's where she works. Yeah, that's fucked. You know, remember when we played? Like, what the fuck? This guy is running around and no one even knows about it. So that's what she did. She brought it back into the public light. Does that make sense? Yeah. And plus it's a phenomenal book, man. Like it, it's just so raw. Like, hmm. I don't know. And so now we know based on it being D'Angelo that it was because his children were born and the murders and the terrorizing stopped. Well, no, no one knows that for a fact yet. I mean, this guy oh. hasn't said a word. The only thing he has mumbled is his name to verify his name. Hmm. That is the only thing. Now, his attorneys have heard stories, you know, but this guy, he ain't talking. And I'm telling you, I think he thinks he's going to get away with it. Hmm. You know? And honestly, like, I don't know if he will. What if it's not him? That's a... Well, they say it's 100% matched because of DNA. I'll talk about DNA in a second. Let me see. All right, this is Brian Madgery and his wife. Now, they were a victim of the Golden State Killer before he was the the an actual killer. Okay? 
here's what happened. He was out prowling the streets. Now, Brian Madry was off duty, but he's a police officer. Mm -hmm. So he saw this guy, Joseph James D'Angelo, prowling in the night, looking in windows, Mm -hmm. and he tries to chase him down. Wow. So what happens is the golden... Joseph James D'Angelo runs, but he gets backed into a corner. The off-duty police officer backs into the corner because he's not just going to let this prowler keep going. Like right. He's got to step in. Yeah. Joseph James D'Angelo pulls a gun, shoots him because he had no choice. He was backed into a corner, yeah. kills him, then runs around the house and then kills his wife. Hmm. He had very odd behavior when he was raping and... You know, controlling victims. He would be heavy panting. Hmm. He would have the woman tied up with, you know, his two strings on the bed. And then he would take a break from raping her, go into the bathroom. And then, like, almost like he was dry heaving, like, <laughs> like just really weird. Hmm. Interesting. And he, a lot of times, he would cry, like, hysterically sobbing. And on the third attack in 1978, he was raping a victim and he kept screaming out i hate you bonnie i hate you bonnie and as he was crying his tears were flowing down his face now they actually he did he was engaged to a bonnie at one point and Hmm. here she is right now the daily mail actually found her i would have guessed it would have been his mom but Mm. oh well no it's he was engaged to her and i don't know what happened but uh, they actually broke up, and so this may have been. This is one of the things that they're going to use against him in court because he did say her name and stuff, and he he is linked to her. I actually think it's kind of interesting that as as much as he came prepared with like his slipknot ties and things like that, he didn't bring the murder weapon with him. Hmm. Yeah, Isn't that weird. It is. Kind I of mean, weird. he brought a gun with him. Right, but he never, like, his intention was clearly not to use it unless he probably had to. Right. Which, at the same time, like, his DNA would stick out from the other DNA on the... I guess DNA wasn't as big back then. No. But, like, if you're, if it's a common household item, like a lamp, you'll have the victim's DNA all over it. If it's, especially if it's a couple and the lamp is in the bedroom. But, like, when they're searching for fingerprints and they uncover that one fingerprint or his DNA it'll be like it'll make it stand out even more so like yeah. why wouldn't you bring a weapon with you I don't know it's just kind of interesting so he's he acts very strangely yeah yeah he does act very strangely in fact um here's some of his neighbors talking about him right before he was arrested hmm I can't look at him in court because I picture the guy that I was standing next to at work. He was very, very afraid of being in trouble. Never called in sick. He was proud of that. D'Angelo often ate at Charlie's Cafe in Citrus Heights. This is where he sat one week before his arrest. The second time I served him his tuna salad, he threw the cheese on the table. And I'm like, is, what's, is everything okay? What's wrong? He's like, what are you trying to do, kill me? I can't eat cheese. I told you that before. His neighbors described D'Angelo Maybe she should as have a killed complicated him. <laughs> man. He's always friendly to all the neighbors and stuff. We called him a yeller, but 
come to find out he was a little hard of hearing. He used to have these tantrums out in the front. He, he would yell so loud. He was just an odd guy, kind of kept to himself, but had a temper. D'Angelo went to middle school in Rancho Cordova, then Folsom right. High. He... So anyway, um, yeah, he was weird. Oh, here's this thing keeps popping up, man. Every news station wants to do this, so I get... I think they're going to try to use this in court. Okay, what do you guys think about this? Can, is this something that they can use in court or not? We followed through on everything that was unusual. So when they started talking about how small his penis was, we went to a doctor to see if there was a condition of kind of an infantile penis, <laughs> a patient that they might see. Investigators say as the suspect notched more... Cr- All right, yeah... They're, they're thinking about using that in court against him, mm-hmm. measuring the size of his penis and saying, that's the guy. He's got a two inch penis. <laughs> Isn't that crazy? Go for it. Fucking humiliate the asshole. Yeah. What do I fucking care? Uh, I know, right? You know what I mean? Like, I don't go for it. You know, if they cannot take a picture of his dick and the victims say, yep, that's how small his dick was, you know, like... Yeah. Whatever it takes to get this guy behind bars if the methodology Well here's the thing about behind okay. bars. All right. That Paul Holes, the detective, here's what happened. There's these sites like Ancestry.com and all this stuff. Now he used one called GED Match. It's an open source community where people can submit their own DNA. So let's say I wanna Submit my own DNA to GED match. Mm-hmm. What that's going to do is it's going to link me with all my distant cousins and relatives because DNA Only is the ones who use GED match, though. Exactly. Okay. So, and they've tried using CODIS. I mean, every year they run his DNA in CODIS and CODIS and never, you know, CODIS the uh, DNA. Right. Yeah. They never get any matches. But Detective Holes. Paul Holes, as you saw, he decided, well, let me try this. Let me try to put his DNA in GED Match and Ancestry.com and stuff like that. And GED, GED Match actually came back with some similar profiles. I'm not, I don't know much about DNA, but if we're related, our DNA is probably more similar. closely, yeah, yeah similar. similar. Yeah, like so. My sister and I would probably have very similar DNA. Yeah. So what it did, it was it. When he put that in there, it only took a day to come back with the results. It was a huge pull, but a manageable pull. It took him about four months, him and a team of other people, to go through this. And they actually, he talks about he had to go back to the 1800s and get like the great, great, great grandfather and and then go down from there. And they finally got Joseph D'Angelo and they matched his timeline, his geo timeline with the crimes and everything, that's how they did it, you know, by process elimination. But that site works only if your cousins, it will match you with your cousins, but only if your cousins have also submitted that DNA. So somebody in his family submitted it. In fact, when he was caught, or when they decided to use that, they contacted all the people that submitted their DNA and told them this is what happened. What what do you guys think about that? Okay, Uh, so I've got a couple of thoughts. So, okay, my first thought is how can we, so, you know, if we run through criminals into a DNA database, 
I don't see why it would be an issue to run a DNA through a public database mm, mm-hmm. to see if there's a match. You're running it through your police officer and you're running it through to see if you get a match for a criminal. Right. Why can't you run it through an open source to see if you get a hit there? Mm-hmm. I don't see an issue with that. Yeah. Yeah. I I do. And this is why, because um, and I'll show you a, a video of a guy that explains it really well in a second. But. GED match and sites like that is for you to submit your own DNA willingly. Mm hmm. I don't want cops going around and submitting my no. DNA to a public website and then trying that that is but, a infringement of my privacy. But they're 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 submitting a um a murderer who they haven't caught. Yeah, but to submit the murderer, they got to submit before they know it's a murderer. It's just like uh, NSA; they collect everyone's information, right? Even like you're not a terrorist, but I don't know, maybe. Your distant relative clicked on an email that was sent by a terrorist. Now you're a part of that community. They can check you out. I don't. Well, I, and that's what the whole Snowden thing, the mm-hmm. whole privacy. I don't think it's. I I don't think it's going to hold up in court. But but in or okay. So for a murderer. So if you were if you were the so you submit your you say I'm John I want to submit my DNA to this. Yeah, but they didn't. He didn't do that. They submitted. His DNA, as an innocent public citizen, they submitted his DNA. Mm. But and that, that is, uh, mm. that should be illegal. I don't know. I don't know. Now, just listen to this guy. He, he describes it very well. And yeah, all right, yeah, it's great that they got this guy off the street. But yeah. I'm here to say, if we lose trust in the legal system and our privacy then that is a bigger problem than just catching one guy. Yeah, he's a mass murderer, serial killer, but if we can't trust that our information remains private, if I just think my DNA is going out some dragnet somewhere. Well, your your DNA is only going out if you have committed these crimes. They don't they didn't know he committed the crimes. They he was a suspect. That's what I'm saying. No, and no, no. Uh, wait, did they not? I'm. Um, hang on. Maybe I'm a little confused. Let me clarify. Yeah. So did they submit a whole bunch of suspects DNA? No, they submitted his to so, a public website so and, and... They submitted whoever committed the crime. No, the, Joseph James D'Angelo left his DNA all over the place. Right. Yeah. But I'm saying, like, the police isn't taking your DNA, my DNA, our neighbor's DNA, and yeah. submitting it. They are taking crime scene evidence and submitting yeah, it. Yeah, but that's also linking them to family members mm-hmm. that submitted, that haven't committed these crimes. Right. Now they're a part of the investigation. They're thrown into this. Does that make true. sense? Right. Uh, true. Just, I don't disagree with that. And I think that's, uh, just listen to this guy. Okay. But do you understand this is the district attorney, the woman, that perhaps when I give my DNA to one of these websites, I don't really ever expect it to be part of a police investigation that may not occur for years down the line. And do you understand the concern that people raise that uh, I don't want my DNA uh, in some kind of a dragnet somewhere down the road? I understand the conversation. I I actually do. And I also understand what, you know, the, the company GEDmatch put out after this occurred, which is essentially that folks that have put their information in there um, were on notice. And so that I, I understand that. I, again, I will say that um, 
this particular situation was not a matter of solving, you know, a car theft or burglaries. This was a magnitude of this case was extraordinary. Um, and law enforcement um, did what they felt was necessary to ultimately, and it did, in fact, lead us to the conclusion. Um, with one question about the specifics of this case, um, when we see people up- upload their DNA to these sites, usually you're uploading your own DNA or the DNA of someone who you are the guardian for. That was not the case in this case. Are you concerned at all about the legality of the evidence in this particular instance? Well, I'm quite confident this is going to play out in a courtroom and um, everything that was so. done was put into an open source site um, in terms la- of the GED match. So I, I understand the public conversation about it, but I, as I said, I'm, I'm confident this is going to play out in a courtroom. Um, lastly, before I let you go. I, I don't think he's going to play out in their favor in a courtroom. No. But, all right. Do, do you guys remember when um, that uh, that work shooting happened and oh, the yeah. FBI was contacting Apple and they were like, we, we need to break into this phone. Yep. And then the Apple's like, no, I'm not going to, we're not going to cooperate with you guys. Right. That, I mean, that, I understand he's serial killer and it's really good that he's caught, but and she mentioned the car it's not a car theft it's a mass murderer right once you once you allow a government agency to go to to cross the line then it doesn't stop you you understand like they oh does that make sense yeah yes. like we already have the NSA collecting all of our information right i don't disagree with you there so in terms of like the legality piece of it and and i get the the way that they initially obtained the dna but now that they have this guy in custody, they have access to his DNA. He's a suspect in this. But crime. that DN- the DNA that was collected, if the prosecution or no, excuse me, if his attorneys say you collected this DNA illegally, mm-hmm. I want this thrown out now. Mm-hmm. They have because tw- he can only get charged with the murder cases. All the rapes are it's beyond the statute of limitations. Right. He's only getting charged with the murders. So every murder case, there will be no DNA involved in it. So it, let's say he gets a fair trial. I, guess I just don't understand that because it like, okay, they obtained his DNA possibly mm-hmm. in, right. in an unlawful manner, but it doesn't take away the fact that his DNA fucking matches the DNA. But the it's scene. it's the principle. You if you if like you, you undermine, still, I could you could just swab the guy right now and say, all right. Dude, I know, but sorry, it's the you principle. You, if you undermine the legal system, you lose trust. You lose the public trust in the legal system. That's why the legal system is done the way it is. That's why evidence can be dismissive in court because you can't just. That's why they have search warrants and stuff like that, because you can't just a cop just can't walk into your home and start checking shit out. Right. Because if that happens, then you lose the trust in the whole system. Right. You know what I'm saying? And I I, honestly, I I and he's not saying a word. So. okay, I'm Joseph D'Angelo. I didn't do it. And let's okay, I didn't do it. And then the let's say the the uh, his attorneys get all the DNA thrown out. I didn't do it. There's no DNA. Right. There's no DNA, and he says he didn't do it. Mm. How can, How are you going to prosecute that guy? Almost can't. You can't. There's no evidence. There's nothing. And so the, and they, you're going to check his penis they, size. They so can't. They cannot then just say 
we obtain this DNA unlawfully, but we're going to not. No, you can't. can't Because a good attorney will. I'm telling you, those attorneys are going to try to get that evidence thrown out. That is why I'm watching this case. It ain't over, man. I don't think this guy is going away. That is why he ain't saying a word. I'm telling you, they 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 cross the line, in my opinion, with doing this. That site, that open source site, is for people to submit their own DNA. You can't have cops just going submitting all this DNA, no. right? I mean, let's say, I mean, shit. All right, let's say one of the victims' house. I went. You know, they had a big party the night before, right? There's 30 people's DNA all over the place. They're going to submit all 30 people. Now they got me on record. I didn't kill them, but now I'm on record and all my cousins that are connected to me, they know me personally. That, I I think that is crossing line. I, I do not agree with, I mean, yeah, the guy should be fucking thrown in a hole. Yeah. But holy shit, man, like... The, the, our legal system is set up for a fucking reason, and if you undermine it, then it collapses. I'm sorry, I'm ranting. No, no, this is a good conversation. What is the timeline of the case? Like, where is the case right now? Mm-hmm. Well, it, they're getting prepared to have the biggest case in probably California history. He hasn't said a damn word. He has mumbled the entire time. The only thing he said was when the judge asked him, are you Joseph James D'Angelo, he said yes. That's all he said. And it's very, it's hardly audible. And do you guys remember um, Robert Guerra's Big Mountain Adventure? Yes, of course. We forget. Okay. Check this out. What was your reaction when you saw him in court Friday in a wheelchair? And just, I can barely oh, hear what he's saying. Yeah. That he is absolutely faking that. That is in no way. The man that we know was seen the week prior. He was under surveillance for a week. We saw a man that was riding his motorcycle at high rates of speed on the freeway. He was moving around his house in a manner in which the surveillance team was reporting, this guy does not look like he's 72 years old. He looks like he's 50 years old, the way he's moving around the house. His neighbors are even saying, this guy was very physically capable, very physically fit. He had a, a bike in his bedroom that he was seen riding. So to see him wheeled into court was such a dramatic change from the man that was seen for the entire week, directly observed for the entire week before, that there's no question. He is trying to play a game. This guy has always been about self-preservation. And now that he's been caught, he's trying to minimize his current set of circumstances by portraying himself as this feeble old man. And he's not. He's a very physically capable male that is a very dangerous individual. 100 miles per hour, you said, on on his motorcycle? That's what was reported to me. He was up to 100 miles, if not over 100 miles an hour, on a motorcycle on the freeway in the week prior to him being caught. So, yeah, he's in a wheelchair. He can't even talk. He's like a people old man. (laughs) He's like Robert Garrow. Yep, legit. And, you know, Robert Garrow, if you guys haven't, that's, I'm sorry. That's that's a good episode. Yeah, that is a really good That's probably one of my favorites, man. That guy was getting pushed around for years. (laughs) They thought he was handicapped. Literally walked right out of the prison. (laughs) That was a phenomenal story. Well, 
I, I want to know what you guys think about the the privacy I, issues. So, I mean, I I, I see it um, if it's an I, I don't know I I'm I I obviously want him to rot for the things that he did, and I I, I absolutely don't condone it. I s- absolutely see your points on the issues of um he's he's not the person who submitted his DNA to that site. I don't know. I, 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 but I still think that there is a way that that, that could be got around b- b- due to the extreme circumstances of. Yeah, but of that I mean, case. It, it. I mean, yeah, it's just like she said. It's not a carjacking. It's. I mean, where do you? It should. If, it. if it's the, the line, law, but, is the law. It's, it. It doesn't matter if it's it a freaking. Is it the law? It, what it, is the law? It, they. They. They probably understand that it's skirting the law, if not breaking the law, and and it may not be breaking it, but the it may be the privacy issues which those attorneys, I guarantee you, that's what they're looking into. Sure, if they oh, can yeah. throw out that DNA, that case is done. Totally. I mean, you're already talking about all the rapes not getting they they can't. What I so what I just don't know is I I, I totally get that like they su- submitted his information without his consent and permission but is that breaking a law is that is that by yeah i think it is i think it's the same thing as uh, the apple iphone like oh this is a terrorist situation we need this and apple's like no we're not gonna let you break into this phone even though there might be they had the that person's dna they had his dna from this crime scene they're submitting it to an open source site to say Mm -hmm. hey let's see if we can yeah but the thing is like they're dragging all these innocent people into the circle. Remember, they they had a pool True. of all his cousins and all his relatives. True, they're making them a part of this investigation. But those are people who willingly was submitted that collateral their damage. DNA. Yeah, but they didn't commit. They did not willingly they, submit it, thinking that they're going to be part of this big dragnet. True, True but they still submitted their DNA. And if I was them, I would sue. I would site. sue. I would sue. I would sue that company. I just wouldn't submit my DNA to a site like that. You don't know. Like, you don't know. Uh, Yeah, now you know. You never submit it. I would never submit mine. wouldn't do it. Because, but uh, but that's the thing. All this 23andMeAncestry.com, why would you? Now that you know that the police are just, they're having a field day with it. They got everyone's DNA. Fucking shit. Yep. I mean, it's like Stephen Avery. Whoa, we got your DNA. We'll just plant it right on this fucking forerunner. They are not getting my DNA. I thought about getting it for my my parents, but then I was like, no. But that's why I would not voluntarily, my, me personally, if I were that cousin, that relative. Yeah, but you don't voluntarily knowing you're about to be in a criminal investigation, right? But you you they're a part of the investigation now. Do you understand? Like they, I get it, and they they didn't agree to that. I I get it, but they did agree to submit their DNA to a site. Mm. I get that he he didn't. Well, what's... that that's the thing. If we're having this conversation, means it's there's something not right and you know that it may I not hold up in court I, totally i realize yeah. it may not hold up but it might it and might. I, i'm telling you i i want this guy to rot yeah but what's more important this guy sitting in prison for 20 years until he dies or undermining the league the legal system the system that we trust because if we don't trust it if we don't trust our legal system innocent until proven guilty and all this shit then if that 
it collapses. I don't right. think I don't think it would collapse with this case if he, if this was permitted. I don't. I think it would. Rewrite, but it's just like the iPhone thing. I think if, it would if rewrite iPhone, the, how we treat people's DNAs and these types of. But DNA it's like the think about the iPhone thing. If Apple was like, yeah, we'll give you. You can break into it now. Now they have the FBI has a code that they can break in. Not they're not going and breaking into everyone in the world's phone, but the the fact that they can. But hmm. they're not breaking into anything it is a but they can source that's the thing submitted people openly submitted their dna open their and, dna and, not someone else's and dna the police is openly is submitting a criminal's dna they don't know who that person is i'm telling you there is privacy laws there are privacy laws out saying, there i could see i could see how there the, it could be skirted around yeah, and, and nor do I think that the entire legal system would collapse if it did happen. No, it, it won't collapse. Would, I think but there would then be laws created on how to. How, but no how one's going. Who's going to want to submit their DNA for anything? And exactly. that holds back technology advances and, and all kinds of shit. Maybe I'm not going to submit my DNA because fuck. I I listen. I do not want the fucking FBI. Right. I do right. not want. We the don't co- trust them it's, anyway. It's like so the, what the fuck's the difference? It's like that movie with Tom Hanks. It's like, oh, you're not on social media all the who? time. You, you're not. If you circle. Yeah. It's like if you're not completely on video camera all the time, you got something to hide. No, I don't have shit to hide. I just don't want you assholes to have my fucking just DNA. Leave you mm-hmm. the fuck alone. Yeah. But now they have their DNA. That's what I'm saying. They, those cousins' DNA, that's in they, the registry. But they openly submitted that. But not knowing that it was going to go to an FBI investigation. That's yeah, what I'm trying to say. It's in the fine print, though. It's not in the fine print. There is nothing in the fine print that says your DNA may be used in a criminal investigation. I guarantee it. It probably is now. I'm telling you, that that evidence... The, let's say if, if you go into someone's house without a search warrant and you find... Conclusive evidence that this guy murdered whoever's in the house. That evidence is not permitted in court because you did not have a search warrant. You could not obtain that legally because if you didn't have a search warrant and you just go in, that means that any cop can just go in to any house. Mm -hmm. Oh, I think, oh, he looks suspicious. I'm going to go in his house. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, you can't. I'm sorry. I'm not saying this guy shouldn't burn. I'm just saying that what's more important is the our public trust in the legal system. Mm. Well, then they better find another damn way to get this guy on the hook. Mm. What they may they, have fucked it up. They, they, they've. I mean, they have enough info. They have other pieces of information aside from this guy's DNA that's all over the fucking place. No, they don't. To 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 tie like it doesn't. They don't have any. All they got is DNA, and, it's circum- and everything else is circumstantial. So maybe they can find something in his phone records that because he's been harassing these mm-hmm. women or something yep. like that, where it shows or his pattern of where he's moved. And they haven't called this guy for forty it. years. You think they're going to find something in his phone records? They, they it's not that they. They have to look now. They yeah. have to look now. Even it turns bigger. To, to to find something else aside from the DNA that connects. I just think they're movies. celebrating too soon. Because they like, might be, but they need. There's a lot more work to be done aside from the DNA. Yeah, is he just gonna sit in prison as a free man until they find something on him? No, they have. This has to go to court first. But hopefully, the lawyers are doing their job and finding other things that tie him to this these cases aside from just the DNA. Yeah, but what mm-hmm. if they can't? If they now can't, it's the DNA, and let's say the DNA is thrown out. If they can't. Then well, if that gets thrown out, then that's that is what it is. And then he walks free. He walks free. 
But hopefully the lawyers are coming up with a little bit more than just the DNA mm-hmm. as a backup plan. Mm-hmm. That's what they should be fucking doing. I think they should have not fucking been celebrating. And and I'm telling you, I honestly, I think maybe they actually know who the Zodiac is because, oh, they got this great, uh, it's great, ancestral DNA is what it's called. Our DNA kind of matches my cousin and my great aunt or whatever. They pull them in a pool together. Yep. We're all similar. Now, the Zodiac killer actually licked the envelopes that he sent to the newspapers. So they got his DNA. I honestly, I'm going to say, I think they already know who the Zodiac killer is. They're just waiting for this case to set the baseline, because if they throw out this case... You know what I'm saying? Does that make sense? Then they're going to throw out a Zodiac case. Well, uh, I mean, the Zodiac case, they think that the main suspect died. Well, I mean, they they thought this guy died yeah. until he called that woman at Denny's. No, no, like the main suspect died. Like he did die in prison. Well, yeah, I, I but know, but the, I mean, else. Who knows? he could be alive. Or maybe they can they confirm th- that it was the guy that died. They thought prison. this guy was dead. Okay, let me say. All right. Now, he was arrested, obviously, 72 years old. Guess what he was doing? Any guesses? Shoplifting. I mean, like as a for a job. Was he a truck driver? That's close. He was a big rig mechanic. Mm. Oh, he was actually that's yeah. Isn't that on the list? I think so. But he was also you know navy and a police officer. Yeah, he hit a lot of boxes on the Um, list. So now he was doing couples, right? He was going in and killing couples until this one time where he got into a situation. That he almost didn't get out of. Hmm. Okay, so the guy's name was Greg Sanchez. He was there with his, with his wife. The Golden State Killer goes in. Joseph James D'Angelo. He's going in to do his mo. Right, he's going to kill, rape. I don't think he knew that Greg Sanchez was going to be there, hmm. and especially he didn't know that this guy is six five. Mm-hmm. Right. Meanwhile, this, is, this guy is a tiny little man right. with a yeah. tiny little penis. Yeah, exactly. So the whole time he was killing couples. It's like the loop. Now, so you like look at a, an opponent and it's like. What? What did you say? <laughs> I feel like you're fucking drunk or mumbling or something. I don't even know. I'm like fighting my eyes. Well, right let's now. just. All right. No. No, we're I almost got done. Got I'm good. Listen, no, I'm good. Listen. I'm good. I'm good. I'm, I'm powering through. I'm really trying. All right. The. He got in a physical fight with this guy named Greg Sanchez. Now, he probably didn't know he was there. He goes into the home. This guy's 6'5", huge, mm. right? The Golden State Killer actually shoots him oh in the face. What? And he goes in to take care of the, the woman, to put the woman on the bed and rape her and do his stuff. Now, he got up. The Greg Sanchez actually, like, got up. Paul mm. Hole, like, quotes, he was reanimated basically, mm. and attacked the Golden State Killer again, almost killed him. Wow. But the Golden State Killer got the upper hand and ended up killing both of them. Oh. I think that was the last time he was like, I'm done with couples. Mm-hmm. So the last victim he had was this, another single female. Mm. And then he went dark. Basically, no one heard anything from him, you know, for years until the phone call started and mm-hmm. stuff. Remember when we played all that stuff? Um, wow. So any questions? So he's got three daughters. He was married to a girl named Sharon. Here, let me show you his house real quick. I can I, I kind of want to see more of him, like who the images of him when he's now that he's been caught. There's some guy I found like driving by his house, blocked off with tape and everything. Wow. I mean, 
mean, the, he may have trophies. I mean, he used well, to. Well, they're take currently things. digging up his yard. Here, they're they're trying to find something, man. Yeah. But they're not going to find anything there. What? What does but he they got? They might. He he would take the, all those weird things from those homes when he was ransacking. Yeah. But yeah. You, so they you could think find he's dumb stuff. enough to put that shit at his fucking house? He's got it somewhere. You don't take a trophy and just like he must have a storage locker. Yeah, he's got something where he's got some stuff. He's got to. Does he though? I mean, I don't know. I mean, they couldn't catch this guy forty years, and you think he's got a dungeon of fucking shit? He was. Able I mean, he's like. That stuff is somewhere. Now, it, this is Citrus Heights. I'm not familiar with California, but... Let me show you this. Everyone's going by and taking pictures of it. Yeah, that's his house. <laughs> nice. <laughs> I mean, it's a nice house. Now, someone else was living in that house. He was renting it out for a time, so mm. I don't know if he's going to have stuff there or not. Oh, that's a good point. Um, well, he was had to have been staying somewhere. Mm-hmm. Past dresses. Like, there's, he, he's, he has some trophies from all the random, the one singular earring that he would steal from houses yeah. and stuff like that. Well, someone just bought a locker from Storage Wars, like the guy that does Storage Wars, for like $500, and they found like $3 million. That show is so fake, though. No, it wasn't on Storage Wars. I read it somewhere. It was, yeah, I saw, I did see something like that. I mean, he does still look like a fit Fitter man. How tall is he? The ex-cop accused of being the notorious Golden State oh, Killer in his court appearance oh, today. <laughs> he looks like he just 72. had a stroke. He's suspected yeah. in at least a dozen murders, more than yeah. 50 rapes, oh, and 100 break-ins. Being DNA. What is that? Tissue. It could be that he... Wait. It went, uh, yeah. here's, here's him in a cage. Why is he in a cave? He's dangerous. Yeah, he's dangerous. Crazy, man. It's a crazy story. So so they haven't done any sort of court, major court proceedings at this point. No, it's all still ongoing, so. So we'll have to do a follow-up. Yeah, yeah. I'm, dude, I'm telling you, man, like. <sighs> Chris Hansen. Oh, yeah, you know, I think this is his channel, Crime Watch Daily. We've been watching a lot of Chris Hansen. This episode yeah. is brought to you by uh, To Catch a Predator. No, actually, it's called Hansen versus Predator now. It'll be very interesting to see what happens with this case. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Thanks, guys, for listening to this episode of Talk Murder to Me. We hope you enjoyed part two of the Golden State Killer. It sounds like we'll be having a part three sometime in the future once we hear more about the outcome of this case. As always, thanks for listening. that cup oh no shit 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 on my own tits he is very John james d'angelo jr he's very hot right now jacob single Irishman. his name is my name too jj dj he's so hot right now zoolander oh my god jen this is the second joke that i needed you on 
The one was the Monty Python. You didn't get that. Tonight? And then, no, the last time. And then when... Of the Lady of the Dunes. Then when you said the Monty Python line, you didn't even say what the joke was about. I said the shrubbery. I was hoping you'd come back with, bring me a shrubbery. And you said, it's a flesh wound. That's two different scenes. I know. I want an apology. I'm sorry that I messed up the reference. (laughs) Oh, I felt great the next day because I took an Aleve before I went to bed. I still. What are you sponsored by Aleve now? We wish. (laughs) Yeah, we wish. That would be fucking awesome. (laughs) This episode is brought to you by Aleve. What's like the slogan of Aleve? And it's like for the hangover, (laughs) like with our own catchy jingle. Yes. With my yes. Yeah. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. My dad used to say that. Sure, yeah. It's from Geico. Yeah, whenever I would ask my dad for life advice, he'd sit me down and say, Son, 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. And look at me now. A well-adjusted adult with a drawer full of plastic bags I'll never use. (laughs) Okay, I'm confused. Was your dad a licensed Geico agent? Nah, he was just a real good dad. Geico. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. At First Commonwealth Bank, we know better banking begins with better ways to do the things you need to do. That's why we've made it easy to open a new First Commonwealth checking account with our simple-to-use mobile account opening. Now, the same device you use to talk, text, snap, share, schedule, email, navigate, and watch can help you open a great checking account, too. Visit fcbanking.com from any device and upgrade your digital banking to better with mobile account opening. First Commonwealth Bank, member FDIC, 